Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, buenas noches. Como esta todos? Uh, it's welcome into the show of a Monday night. Uh, it's good to have you on. I have Pete, I've got Gav, I've got myself. We're going to have a chat. We're going to see where we go. Um, and yeah, not much happening around football whatsoever at this moment in time. So there's not much to talk about. Um, it's worse than when it's an international break. And uh, I don't think there was anything, anything anywhere near controversial that happened at the weekend whatsoever <laughs> that we can talk about. Um, <coughs> There's not even football's not even exciting. Nothing's happened. There's no close, hard-fought wins. Um, anything like that. It's just it's it's a, it's a bizarre, just dull, uninformed, it was a boring brilliant weekend of football. What? It was brilliant. What? Are you sure about that now? Yeah, 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 yeah. I am Delhi, definitely sure. All right. Well, we'll come back to that later on. Uh, right. I also want to um, pick up on a couple of things later on that might be worth picking up on when we get there. Have but, you got uh, a strange part for me this week? Um. That's I had one sent on to me. No, Paddy sent one on to me. And he was like, you have to see this. And I don't know if I can talk about it or not, because I don't know if the people were blind that were playing it or not. Ah, right? well then, so, leave it, leave it. So leave I'm not it. sure, right? But, if they, if, they but they have blindfolds on. So I don't know if it was just to make sure. Well, that they're not blind. No, but it might be to make sure there's no bangers. I'm partially blind, you know I mean? maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's leave that um, one. Well it's, well, it's not blind anymore, isn't it? It's, it's um, visually impaired. Visually impaired, that's the one that's called yeah. now, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, because I, I don't know. Um, do deaf people have a different, is that, is that hearing impaired or? Um, I don't know. think so. think so. The politically correct answer. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, just, I'm just interested. Cause... I, get lost. I, get, I get lost in the PC-ness of it all lately. Yeah. You will. Like... I don't anyway, know. Anyway, the sport with possible blind people in that <laughs> we can go into. That's where we are. Possible <laughs> Well, you know, I'm saying sport. possible blind because we, you don't know if they're blind or not. 
No, I know. Right. And, if they and don't, clearly, then clearly we can... the, the adjudicators don't really believe them if they're sticking blindfolds on them. Well, they're just they're probably just covering themselves. Do you know what I mean? Just just to be mm. on the safe side. Maybe you know, so. a bit like Father Ted, fake hands. Yeah. Do you know just what I watched the other day? Sorry, and I know we do this every week, right? Sorry. But I found this YouTube channel where it's these, this American couple, and they seem sound, um, but they literally do reaction to TV shows, and they're doing reaction to Father Ted, and it is fucking brilliant. Because you, you know they're watching it, and you know they're having a blatant clue what's going on, and then stuff happens, and they're pausing it, and just in bits laughing. And the first <laughs> one I seen, but do you remember... Uh, they were accusing Ted of being racist, and uh, <laughs> your man, your man out on the side of the guy going, I heard you're a racist now, father. What got you into that at all? He goes, I'm not a racist. And then this Owen <laughs> comes across the guy, go, Go on, Ted, you tell them I'm fucking sick of them taking their jobs, the Greeks. Right? And he's like, What? And your man shouts, No, it's not the Greeks he's against, it's the Chinese. <laughs> 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 oh, god, it, I just forgot how brilliant that program is. Uh, but the two Americans great, are watching it and it's job. fantastic watching two Americans trying to decipher what the fuck is going on. Like Ted, <laughs> Ted says to Ted says to Dougal, ah, Dougal, does it does it does it bleeding? Does it does a hole in your jumper? And he looks down, there's a stitch going over his jumper, you know, a little tiny hole, like you know, up where like up the top here. And he goes, Oh, Jesus, Ted, I never noticed that. And he turned around, the whole back of his jumper's gone. The whole fucking back of it. <laughs> so confusing. But anyway, uh, sorry. Sorry, just no, that's, I had to say it. That's, uh, that's, that, that's absolutely fine, Gavin. And, uh, you know, this is what this show is about. It's not really about having an agenda or having anything really to discuss. Yeah. It's whatever we do comes bring into topics. We do bring topics. But th- when things pop into your head, you just have to kind of say them. Well, you have sometimes. to go with it, don't you? Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but like you Depending do have to go. Just to see what, what, what it rolls with me. You know? mm. Right, um, okay, so we have got a couple of things that we do want to talk about tonight. And there's a couple of things that we need to um, address <coughs> in terms of what the lads would want to talk about. Um, Gav, did, was it my imagination or was the chat quite light in terms of what's there? Yeah, no, it's, it seems to, it was there and then it seems to have stopped unless people are just not arsed talking to us. That's fine if they aren't, but it just seems very strange that it's, it's like normally the normal lads you'd normally see there aren't there. Do you know what yeah, I mean? maybe they're just slow coming into me. That's all right. Um, I'll, double check on, okay. I'll double check the YouTube feed while you're talking there. But do do a check of the YouTube to see if we're live on the YouTube. No, um, we are live. Are we, yeah? We are live, yeah. There's just more comments there. coming in there. Sometimes it happens where it just slows down and then it just speeds <laughs> up again. And sometimes <laughs> it's YouTube and sometimes it's just people not using their fingers to type for but like I'd, I'd, I'd hate to be missing any comments to talk to the people that they like to talk to us. That's have you got I'm any saying. comments? Can you see any comments? Um, have I any comments? I've loads of comments. That's the problem. I've got too many yeah, comments. Well, they're they're, they're coming in there because Rory Fitzgerald says evening all. I only just joined, so there you go. All right, all right, great stuff. That's yeah. great, great yeah. to see. To see, yeah, they're all coming I'm, in there now. Look, they're starting to talk right, now because you're upset. Go on. That's all right then. I'm just. Yeah, great. I'll just keep an idea. Um. Keep it, keep an eye on the YouTube chat instead of the one that's coming up here. So that's sorry, <laughs> Gavin Walsh says, I can't commit to full time racism as of the farm to look after. Farm to look after. <laughs> it's the best night of the whole piece. Yeah, it's absolutely sensational. It's honestly, I just go and watch Father Ted again. It's, I think that finished about 25 years ago. Um, but it's yep. absolutely fucking unbelievable game. Oh, damn it. It's, I mean, it was 45 when he passed away. God, God love him. Yeah, it's, it's arguably, it's arguably 
the one of the best, if not the best, comedy show of all time. Like, I mean, listen, typical, typical RTE fashion. You want to bring up a topic? RTE rejected Father Ted three times, three times, and it was I never signed it. Channel, Channel Four, Four took it. Yeah, that was the clueless. It's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Anyway, and thank God. Go. Right, so here we go. Um, we are all here to have the chats about the football that went on at the weekend and things that we see that have cropped up. So, Pete. I think leading because it sort of leads into Gabs, which sort of leads into my multi topics, um, in terms of what's there. So, from P, from your perspective, your your thing you wanted to talk about, and it's why is building a strong squad so hard in the age of seventy games per season? So, I'm interested in this because I already know the answer. So, I'm just interested to hear where you want to take this. Um, and yeah, because this is a genuine question. I mean. I'm not here to grandstand about it. I'm not here to say this is what I think. This I'm genuinely baffled how you can, you know, switch on your TV or whatever or, or see the prep for a game and still have... Listen, it's never personal when it comes to football, is it? But, you know, when you look at Cuevin Kelleher and you look at, you know, the, the Spanish lad that we've got, seems like a nice fella. His, his tweets are always nice and pleasant on Instagram. But neither of them are nowhere near the, the kind of quality that should be in and around the club when you're trying to pick up points at the highest level. Um, I just don't get it, Phil. I mean, I'm, they're not the only ones. I don't I don't like to single out people. You know, at the end of the day, they're all, I'm sure they're all talented, but, you know, Timmy Cass, for example, comes into the side, you know, just, it's it's like defending is a, is a, is a new discipline for them. I just don't get it. It's What concerns me is the drop, you know, between the 11 lads that we would kind of all rattle off and then the rest... You know, I don't see it at any other clubs, any any other club. Usually it's a, it's a bit of a, even the ones that are struggling like Manchester United, you look at lads that he was trying to get rid of, the, the fella who hasn't got a clue, Ten Hag, and he's bringing them back in and they're, they're kind of keeping them to see respectable. Whereas us, I just find you can just see that drop. I mean, the, the first 45 minutes against Fulham at the weekend were, I mean, it was the best and worst of Liverpool, but it's like it's like we're we're being taught a lesson every week that we just don't learn from the next week and or the next year when we're preparing a squad. And in the in the age of which is the question I get, let me get back to the question. In the age of se- nearly seventy games a season, I don't understand why you can't sit down with a fella, three or four fellas, and say to them, "Listen, barring an injury to Mo Salah or an injury to Allison or an injury to." Andy Robertson, you're not going to really start in the Premier League, but you're going to play a heap of games in Europe um, because we're not in the Champions League. And you're going to play probably all the cup games because I don't think anybody in that fourth team should really be looking at cup games. It looks like Mo Salah insists on playing every game because he wants to, he's a winner and he wants to, you know, be top of every chart. And I get that. But I just don't understand. And maybe, Phil, you give me the answer. I honestly don't understand how I can turn on a, a game of football. And, you know, you, you're saying to yourself every week, we're going to smash this lot 4-0. We have to. And it's a struggle because there's two or three key fellas missing that wouldn't have made the mistakes that their so-called backups have made the other day. Please explain it to me. I, I'm, 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 every year, I think, next year, we're going to just bring in some some depth. You know, there's, it's not about money. It's about planning. And every year, we just fail. It's abject. It's like carelessness. It's I don't get it. I am stunned. At this, to be honest with you, right? That I'm honestly lost for words. If the driving force behind this is saying that air squad isn't strong enough for seventy games, 
In key areas, in key areas, no, it's not what I'm saying. I didn't in say key, in key I'm, areas. I'm saying, I'm saying when we drop, when let we me, lose. Let me no, hang let on. Me start. When we let me clarify, you obviously can get it. When we lose, I key did. Allison is a key I did player. Get it. I mean, do, I did are you get telling it. me do you trust? You telling me with a straight face? Did you trust anybody else in that squad to jump in instead of Allison or or Andy Robertson? Yeah. Genuine. Yeah. Then you're not See, watching the same. You're not watching the same. I am, and, and, and I tell, I tell, let me, let me, let me stop you there. Let me stop you there, right there, Mister Pizza. Right, let me stop you there. On Kelleher, up until He's that off. game at the weekend. Now, up until that game at the weekend, every single fan, you included, would have been saying, "I don't really mind because we've got a brilliant backup in Kelleher, and we'll get through the next period." I never and said He's that. actually good enough. To, he, he's good enough that. to play for maybe all bar three teams in the Premier League as it stands at the moment. And I'll stand by it. Just because he has one bad performance where he's coming into his first league match in, in almost 12 months in terms of what's there. Like, to, to be so reactive and so jumping us back in terms of what's there because of, of the mistakes he made at the weekend, I think that's crazy, man. If you wanted... if you were, I thought this, this debate was going to be based around when you look at the likes of all the teams bar Manchester City and you look at the amount of games they have to play, how hard it is to actually compile a squad that will allow you to compete across four competitions over the over a season, I would have been well in with you. But Jesus wept. We're talking about Kelleher, who's a, who's probably arguably the best backup goalkeeper in in the league. You're talking about Simicus, um, who is what you'd expect him to be a backup left back who is serviceable in games where you need him to be serviceable in, um, backing up a guy who's rarely injured, and it's very strange to have him to have what's gone on. We've, we've, with the exception of potentially sent right back, I would argue that our squad is in the best shape it's been since Klopp got here at all. I, I, genuinely, I, the only weakness I can see is at right back and potentially the who steps in for in the Kanaze Matip um, twin towers of injury proneness that sits there. Because for me, I've seen people commend Gomez again. I think Gomez is a liability. Of all the players in the squad, I think he's the biggest liability. I think he he, he tries hard and credit to him for trying hard. He's never put a foot wrong in terms of his effort and his application, but he's never been the same player since his knee got exploded when he was in, on England duty. So if you want to have a debate as to how difficult it is to actually put a squad together across a 70-game season and how having a 70-game season in England is absolutely mind-bogglingly dumb from a league's perspective in this day and age, I'm all on for it. But if we're going to sit here and say it's madness that we have we don't have quality, you are tapped fella tapped and i'll tell you if you don't think you're if you don't think you're tapped right well let me go through what the squad looked like just before jorgen klopp arrived when it came to who's playing and who what we had that was there yeah, but klopp is um, here seven years later eight years later i don't accept comparisons with whoever came you have before. to you have to you have to let, let, let me let me run a comparison by you then mm. okay so no squad no squad is perfect Right, and no squad. No, that's not perfect. No, no, I know you're not. I know you're not. I never, I never, I never for a second said you, you, you suggested you wanted perfect. No squad is perfect, and no squad is without holes in it. Right, and I go as far as to Man City on that. Right, when you look at Liverpool's squad, right, you've picked two things there the drop off on the keeper and the drop off on the left back. That's the two positions you've picked. That Phil has looked at right back. And I think that's very legitimate because I don't think we have another right back in the squad, right? 
But what you're what you're doing there is you're looking at possibly the best left back in world football in the last six years. An argument to hard it better. And the, definitely the best goalkeeper in the world in the last five years. And then what you're looking to do is you're looking to have suitable backup to them. Now, if you want somebody of that standard to play in goal or play at left back to be of that standard, they aren't going to fucking play at Liverpool. For the simple reason is the goalkeeper is outrageous. The left back is close to outrageous. And players with any ambition whatsoever will not sit and go, I'm not playing. I'll play the odd league cup and I'll play the odd FA cup. And even if you look in Europe this season, P, he hasn't gone and taken Europa League and thrown kids at it. He's been yeah. extremely strong. And the reason he's been extremely strong is because he's made nine changes between league games and that Europa League. But you don't look at it and go, Jesus, that's a weak team. So that's that's a sign of the that's a sign of the strength of the squad, right? Now you you said even Manchester United are struggling. Their squad is awful, and that's that's on the pitch. On the pitch, eleven is fucking awful, and they spent more money than Liverpool have, right? If you look at Arsenal, Arsenal's biggest downfall last season was they didn't have a squad because they went fourteen players, and then after that they were struggling. If you look at Man City. Man City get three or four injuries and you look at the bench they put out and they're all these kids. They're all these kids. And the reason for it is, P, is because no matter how much money you have, you cannot spend an infinite amount of money on a squad. And the, and you listen, you can find a way of spending transfer fees, but you can't pay the wages. Not you can't pay the wages. Hold on, I'm not finished. I'm not finished. You cannot pay the wages. So what's happening is we can't turn around tomorrow and say, give Mo Salah. Like I've seen the argument if Thiago leaves, let him go, give him give Mo Salah the majority of his wages and bring someone in a midfield, right? To keep Mo Salah for years. That's an argument, right? But you can't continue to put Mo Salah's wages up and up and up, right? And at the back end of the squad, right, like Mo Salah's replacement or Mo Salah's stand-in, like Ben Doak and going, listen, there's 150 grand a week, right? Or bringing a fella in on 150 grand a week to be the backup to the 350 grand a week player. You just can't. Finances don't allow it. Now, you can have a go at the players that are chosen to be back up. Because, let's be honest, those players in that squad that know they're not forced team players. They're not forced 11. They're not going to be there in a cup final. They're not going to be there in the last day of the season if you need to win a title. They're just not, right? And you have to find the balance. You have to be able to find the balance of get the best I can to back up the elite that we have. And there's no doubt we have elite players. There's no doubt whatsoever. And I agree with Phil. I think when you look, when you look around it, the backup we have is really quite good because let's be honest you only put 11 of them on the pitch Quivy and Kelleher maybe you didn't say it but Quivy and Kelleher like literally before that game right if you go if you go back three months and we're talking I'll tell you what we do we go back and we talk about Arsenal's number one and number two or to two number ones or whatever the fuck they are or Arsenal and everyone was going we've Quivy and Kelleher we've no worries because he's literally literally served as apprenticeship under Alison Becker hasn't moved on loan Literally stood beside Alison Becker for the last five years, right? So there was no issue there. He has a he has a poor game at the weekend. It happens to them all. Alison's done it. Alison was literally trying to pass the ball to Man City players six days previous, so or seven mm-hmm. days previous or eight days previous, wherever it was, right? It happens to them all. Simakas is a good left back that comes in and covers. You are not going to find an Andy Robertson level fullback to come in and sit there for 50 or 55 of those 70 games. It's just not going to happen. So I think Pete, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, 
But I think there's a slight re- overreaction here from, you, from the weekend because we're missing a couple of players. I mean, we won yeah, a game maybe, and we didn't play maybe, well. Uh, Plus, maybe, by the way, sorry, yeah, you tell maybe. me, you tell me what players at the weekend that are forced team that you would see as up there and then there's a drop off on them. You tell me which ones played well at the weekend. Um. Yeah, listen, we were probably, particularly in the first four, we were as good going for, we were as bad at the back as we were going for. It was just a bizarre game. I thought McAllister was excellent. I thought, <coughs> you know, I, I did. I thought, I thought he's gone under the radar. A lot of people are looking for him to be something that he's not. Mm. I, I, I think he, he always put that seven out and of What did the backup to him do? <sighs> what did the backup to him? What did the backup six do when he came on, P? Well, he was, yeah, he was excellent. In fairness, Endo was, and Endo was excellent. Goal. Excellent, yeah. Bozek. It was, it was excellent. Listen, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm not even looking at it. So I look at Tottenham having somebody like Fraser Foster for, for, as backup. Fraser Foster, I think, is an excellent goalkeeper. Fraser Foster is a backup goalkeeper in the Premier League because I'm gonna stop you, you can't get a start anywhere. I am, go, I am going well, to stop I, I, I think he's better if than If you're going to say, if you think Fraser Foster is better than Queen you're insane. He's a failed goalkeeper. He's a Based failed goalkeeper across the across the Premier League by the fact that he can't get a forced team position anywhere in the league. I'm telling you now, P. Look at looking across the level. We have a guy who in Queen Kelleher who is the equivalent of most of the best backup goalkeepers the teams that won leagues and challenged for Champions League had. Like you name so who are you gonna get? The only option that you might put on the table that's better than what Kelleher will, will provide you is if you can go and get a guy who's 38, 39, who's getting to the end of his career and wants to do a backup role and is happy to pass on his experience. But who's well, he passing the experience to? Allison. You know what's a funny thing though, Phil? Like we all everybody hammers or I know you're not a big well, you used to be Phil, but Gav, I know you're not into international football at all, and I don't blame you. It's rubbish, especially the way Ireland are playing now. But Gavin Bazanu is constantly, constantly picked ahead of Quivy and Kalar, and nobody bats an eyelid. Bazanu's playing in the championship. Playing the championship. Yeah, but and, Gavin's, and, 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 and you see, Hang on, I'm not finished. Gavin Bazanu last year conceded, I think, nearly a record amount of goals for a club that shouldn't have been in bad shape. But he's constantly, and like everybody calls Stephen Kenny out for everything when he was manager. Everybody. But it's the one thing I've never heard anybody, anybody say, why isn't he picking Quivy and Keller over Bazin? So this whole thing, listen, I understand the cup run. Quivian was very, very good. And he was great in the cup final. Stepped up, took the penalty, the best penalty, all that stuff. But I am not buying him as a first-team goalkeeper at Liverpool. You are mad. You are mad. And I'll tell you what... Bazanu gets 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 the number one role on the basis that he's playing regular football. If Kelleher went to Brighton, to West Ham, to no, he played the regular football is. in the Premier League and got yep, the spot. He'd be playing regular and then, football. funny enough, see how that worked out. See how that worked out. And funny enough, when it came to picking those goalkeepers, when it came to picking those goalkeepers, actually Kelleher ends up with an injury and suffers yeah. because of it because he doesn't get a chance to go with McKenney. And in fairness, Bazuno, Bazuna hasn't done much wrong for Ireland um, since he's come in. So there's not much there for Kenny an argument to drop him. But I'd be interested to see if Gavin Bazuna was was, you know, dropped by Southampton. If he was dropped by Southampton tomorrow and Kelleher plays six, ten games in a row for Liverpool and Liverpool win a load of games, it'd be interested to see what the new manager will pick. But like Bossman still is in there and I think he, he has to be winding me up, right? Because he says he says um 
if they're not good enough to play for anyone that's not good enough should not be playing for Liverpool. The Greek the Greek fella and Kelleher are not good enough. End of we should expect um I presume he means we should expect more. But what more do you want? Like if I turn around to you tomorrow and I say, right, I'll tell you what, Robertson is there. What we're gonna do is we're gonna go and sign I don't know, the full back off Fulham. He's good. Robertson Robinson, he's good, right? Or they we're fly, gonna sign he's a machine. Yeah, we're gonna sign yeah. and, and he He's actually not that good, but he looks good, right? Or we're going to sign, pick a, pick a, um, your man off Wolves that we've been linked with, El Nori, right? Yeah. Now, we bring in El Nori and we give him 100 grand a week, right? That goes up from the 60 grand or 70 grand we're giving Simicas. You're going to lose the 30 grand on the other end when you're going in to give your Salah, your Van Dijk or whoever a contract. This, this for me is, has to be a balancing act in finances. And it's done throughout all clubs. Because if it wasn't done through our clubs, there would be so many of them going in and going, here, just sign all the fucking players, right? And we have all these brilliant and great players in two positions. And you've seen clubs like that where, oh, they've 22 fucking amazing players. They've 20. But who are they? Who are the clubs that have 22 amazing players in the Premier League? We know who they are. And we know what's going on at them clubs. I'm not saying for a second that you couldn't improve or find yourself a better goalkeeper than Cuevin Kelleher. That's not the argument. The argument is, can you find me a better goalkeeper than Cuevin Kelleher that's willing to come in and sit on the bench for 55 to 60 of those seven games? Point. And that's not good. going to happen. That's a good point, Gav. But I just think sometimes, and I love, listen, I'm massive. I love the way the club is run. I do. I'm not complaining about the way the club is run. Sometimes, just sometimes, it looks to me like fellas are in there. The attitude is right. Obviously, Kelleher's attitude is right. He never opens his mouth. You know, and you don't want what goes on at Chelsea because that's a disaster as well. You know, there's a lot of lot of talk in the chat about what do you want? Do you want to be at Chelsea? No. I mean, if, it's the, the thing I hate about 2023. You're either at one extreme or the other. I don't want either extreme. I don't want Chelsea. But equally, I don't want Liverpool to be, you know, giving everybody... 57 chances because oh, he's a nice lad. Sometimes you just want to see a little bit of rootlessness and maybe a little bit, I don't know if it's lazy skill. I don't know what it is. I'm not there. I don't walk there. But I just... Pete, I'm Pete, would, you, would, you, would, you, would you rather I'm, have... I'm no, just hang on, hang on. I, want, I, I think I want to get... I'm just up with you. No, no, listen to me. Listen to me. A little bit better. Would you rather have Mignolet over Kelleher as the backup? No, but he's not there anymore. I'm not comparing... No, no, I'm not, no, 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 hang on, hang on. John no, Joe Shelley. It's, it's, it's a genuine question. Would you rather have Mignolet over Keller? Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. 
do you know what? I, I'm not a fan of buying, and I said this at the time about Mignolet, I'm not a fan of buying goalkeepers that have done brilliant stuff for relegated clubs because they've been busy. If you put a, a YouTube... Like Would you Pickford, sign Gavin Bazuna over Kevin Kelly? 100% I sign Gavin Bazuna. Well, he's a fella, that, he's a fella that's being busy in a team. You've just said you're not a fan of signing relegated that have been a goalkeeper for relegated teams because they've been busy. He was the most busy. He was fucking double yeah. busy, P. I, 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 I personally think that Basnew is better than than Keller. But you're I wrong. You're wrong. They're both, they're both about level, right? Because the, the I, what I think is mad is that when I look at Kelleher play, there's times when he looks absolutely top-notch. And I, do you know what I say to himself? That fella needs to be playing 20, 30, 40 games a season if he wants to reach what his ceiling is in terms of his level of ability. And I've looked at Bazanu. I saw him playing for Southampton last year. I've seen him play for Ireland, and he looks like he's regressing as a footballer. He looks like he's become, he's gone from being potentially elite to what he is now, which is a bang average championship footballer. And he's not going to reach the elite stage at this point in time unless he gets back into the Premier League. And I don't see any queue. I don't see any teams queuing up to sign him to bring him into the Premier League. So from my point of view... You've got two two goalkeepers who are fairly level, um, one that has still got a chance to reach a ceiling if he makes the right move away from Liverpool when the opportunity arises from. But at this moment in time, he's looking at it and he's saying, this is the best situation for me because if I get this run of six, eight games for Liverpool, Liverpool come through relatively unscathed in terms of what's there. You can't you can't do your can't do your transfer credentials and your ability to play anymore. Than represent. Look at what Fabianski has done since he left Arsenal. Look at what Roy Carroll did when he left United. Look at what the all these fellas who are great backups, right, who then went to other teams and made a really strong living as a Premier League level goalkeeper. And that's what Keller is looking at. And if he does that, he's going to be better than Bazanu because. Like, as I said to you, as from from what I can see, he's regressing as a goalkeeper. He's becoming more. Um, He's becoming more error prone than he was when he came out force, and that happens yes, yes. when you play with bad yes. teams. So that's just yeah. the way it is. I would have. I actually wanted to debate the point of how do you assemble a squad? How how is it hard to assemble a squad? And look at it with a broader brush than just the Liverpool lens, because I look at what we've done as being phenomenal. I think we were forced into it because of what happened with the Saudi Arabian stuff in the in the summertime, but what they've done in such a short window has been immense. And they probably did a much bigger turnover in midfield. I think yeah. we are so far outperforming what my bestest um, ambitions was for this season because we've put ourselves in a tight race, which I wasn't expecting. I wasn't expecting the midfield to gel as quickly as it has. I wasn't expecting it, even in the bad performances, to show that mental fortitude, that mental strength to not to never say die. But your overall question when it comes to the likes of Tottenham, Arsenal, United... Chelsea. Chelsea spent close to five billion on players this summer. Five billion. I love the way you just went five billion as if like it was yeah. fucking you know billion D. Yeah, yeah. No, but I'll give you, you, know, you one million dollars. It was, I'll give you one thing. When when I heard that Brighton and Brentford were in for Kelleher, I remember think, I remember thinking to myself. It would it'd be good for us because we're getting 25 million reportedly, but it'd be very good for him because I will give Kelleher one thing. He's very, very good with his feet and his passing. You can see that he's played in the middle of the park as a player. His passing is excellent and he's a good striker, but, but, but that would really suit him. But it's what, it's, what, it's what he's being trained to do alongside. Like yeah. the whole idea, you see, if, if for, there's another reason for it, right? If we go out tomorrow 
and let's just say let's let's say Adrian isn't Adrian, right? Let's say Adrian say say does. Say this because Adrian should be anywhere near Liverpool's goalkeeper, goalkeeping because he can't save the fucking ball and he can't kick it, right? So if we go out tomorrow and we say, right, Brighton and Brentford want Creevy and Keller 25 million quid, right? Mm. And we say, we're going to sell him, right? Mm. We're going to sell him because we're going to use that 25 to put it towards whatever, right? That's absolutely the right. But now, but now, But now you have to bring in a goalkeeper, right? Mm. Now you have to attract the goalkeeper that you're openly going to tell them they're going to be second choice, right? Okay, you're opening on it. Plus, I guarantee you, you're going to need someone that's fucking brilliant with their hands and brilliant with their feet. Because if a keeper comes in at Anfield, right, and 10 minutes into a game, lets one through his hands or hoofs one into the fucking stand when he's trying to pass it, there will be absolute fucking uproar, right? Mm. Because that's not how we play, right? It's a bit like, and, and, and to bring it forward a little bit, it's a bit like when... Um, Julier turns up at Liverpool. Liverpool before that used to pass, and go back and watch them, 95, 96, 97, Brilliant. especially, they passed you to fucking death. Redknapp just passed them, passed them, passed them, without going fucking anywhere. But it was always about pass and move, pass and move. And Julier came in and went, no, we're going to be big, strong, physical, we're going to take the, uh, these fucking shots on the chin, and then we're going to hit people on the break with Heskey and all and whatever else, right? And Liverpool fans went, that's not how we fucking play. Now, he gets around it because he wins a treble in 2001, but it yeah. was not the way Liverpool play, right? And I've, I promise you, if Klopp came out tomorrow and said, right, we're going back to a completely possession-based, risk-averse fucking game of football, right? Regardless of who you have, it's going to be, that's not how we play. And that's where it comes from the goalkeeper's peak. Yeah. I'm not telling you Cuevin Kelleher is a Liverpool number one. If Alisson leaves tomorrow, I'm not telling you Cuevin Kelleher is number one, but I am telling you, He's difficult to replace as a number two. Mm -hmm. A, yeah. on the profile he is. B, the wages he's on. C, his expectations, right? So couple all them together and try find me a goalkeeper that is better than Cuevin Kelleher and is literally going to be happy to sit on yeah, and I the get you. I, the I agree with you. But it's that's, what you have to, that's what you have to judge these drop-offs. But it's not our job. It's, I just don't think that job is being done properly at the club. I really, I genuinely don't. And listen, I, I don't, I don't like. What is, I don't. What, I, hang on. What? For example, there are, there are clubs out there. There are clubs out there who are fine. For example, do you know what I'd like to? I'd like to have, and maybe I'm a little bit spoiled. I'd like to have a setup the way, for example, Red Bull Leipzig. I remember years ago, some like Tottenham, even though they never won that, they would take a chance on a player from a small club that was doing okay. That big clubs were kind of going, no, he's not quite at that level. Like Dimitar Berbatov and What's all that. Endo? Endo is 30 years of age. He's not a potential player. Well, you said it's from a small group. He costs us next to nothing. What's Matip? No. No. Matip's a free transfer. Listen, I'm, not, I'm talking about fellas coming through. Hey, you're talking shy. I'm going to be straight with you. You're talking I'm absolute young, nonsense. I'm bringing younger. So Endo's not young. The two signings you're talking about weren't young players when they signed. I'm talking about taking chances on young players that are performing, I don't know, at the Salzburg level, doing what we're good oh, at, we're Salah. supposed to be good at, doing what we're, Salah was 25 when we What's signed. Yes. Can I finish, Phil? Can I finish? I'm talking about but taking... It's, it's rubbish. It's not rubbish. We're not doing Please. it right. We're not bringing in... When's the last time you were genuinely excited? You're talking... And, and I, and talking I'm, I'm, absolute I'm not talking to you saying you're saying this. I'm saying, in my opinion... We're not bringing in young players who I'm kind of going, 
oh, we've really, we've really set the world. We, this fella's going to set the world up. Yeah, I'm looking at other clubs, not the elite clubs. I'm looking at even the Leipzig's bringing, taking a chance. The Dortmunds, Dortmunds, the best model. Bringing in these young lads that you just know these lads are going to set the world up for. We're not doing that now, and it's annoying me a little bit because we're not at the model where we're spending, which is we're all happy with. But then we should be competing with the Dortmunds and the Leipzig's. Right, so, so, so Pete, so Pete, just just on the Dortmund and the Leipzig, right? And I get where you're coming from. They do. They look at these players from the likes. Well, Leipzig look at Salzburg and and so do Dortmund, right? They look to there and they go and they literally have a conveyor belt between and a triangle between those three clubs nearly, right? But the problem here is that we aren't Leipzig and we aren't Dortmund, right? Dortmund aren't expected to win a league title in Germany, right? And either are Leipzig, right? Mm. And when you put them into Europe. They're appalling, yeah. right? And the thing is, the expectation has to be there and, and the demand has to be there for what Liverpool have to do. We didn't reach those demands last year because we came fifth in the league and we didn't get into European into the European Cup, right? And the demands now this year is that we definitely get back in top four, which could be five because we don't know, or we win a league title. Now, mm. I'm all for bringing a fella in, you go, do you know what, he's really, like the likes of, remember, Timo Werner, Right, and people are like bum bum bum. Now that didn't work for him. Right, it's probably a bad fucking. It's probably a bad thing. Right, but if we bring players in like that, and they don't work, p. Right, they don't work. The 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 ramifications of it from Liverpool point of view and a Dortmund point of view are night and day, because it might be the difference between Dortmund finishing second and fourth. But Liverpool yeah. are going to finish second and yeah. fucking seventh because Look, of the strength sure of the Premier said League. About Jude Bellingham, Gaff. I'm sure somebody at our club went said that, and they're probably saying about Joby Bellingham. It'll be the same reason why Joby Bellingham won't be signed. But Pete, uh, like, Pete can just, but just, just on that, right? You're talking about these. The club does do it. We signed Harvey Elliott. We signed Fabio Carvalho. We signed Calvin Ramsey. Cody Gakpo, arguably. We saw in Gakpo. We saw in Mo Salah when, when nobody wanted to touch him. Be nice to see on So I will agree with you on Harvey Elliott. But Harvey Elliott should be playing more. Let's go through the ball. We saw in Sadio Mane. Who always Mane? We saw it. We saw in Roberto Firmino from Hoffenheim. So the club, the club, the club, the club is a big like. I'm sorry. This, this, what you're talking about was something that you did before we got to where we were, that we are with Klopp, right? They can't, the, the Gab's point is right. We're now at a stage in our evolution that we can't afford to get the transfers wrong because we know that it takes near perfection to beat the sports washing projects that are that are embedded in the English league. You cannot, I wanted to come to your point about building squads because Manchester City is the, is the totem pole that you're trying to go up against. And they have 20 odd players that are they've spent on average, I think it's forty to fifty million on each of the but players. But they don't that even that have that anymore. Because but, 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 because all they're, I'm they're saying loading the, the squad with the, yeah, yeah. with the money they can use to spend on it. Do you know what I mean? They're front loading it with, with the, the wages they have to pay to with the Bruyne and the Haaland and the, Sorry. you know, and when you look at it, but when C get point, three or four injuries, look at their bench. Yeah, but my point, my point on this to you, Pete, is that <coughs> when you look where you've had to evolve to get to to win a league title, your squad building isn't about putting 22, 23 players in your squad. 
Klopp's belief and his openly stated belief is he wants 16 players in his squad and then the rest are made up of players that they're bringing through from the youth set, set up. Look at mm. our squad. Look at what it is. He's happy to rely on Bajetic last year. He's looking at the kids Quanta. coming through. Your man, yeah, Quanta, the the young fullback, what's his name? Connor is a um, Connor Bradley. Bradley as well that's sitting in there. He's prepared. To, Simicas is what's going on. When I look at this, he's, he's he's got Doak on the bench and he's not afraid to put him on the pitch. Like, like he's Doak. using Elliot. He's think about Curtis Jones. They brought Curtis Jones as well when it comes into it. So when I keep going to it and and saying right. To, to, to your point to build a squad they've said right we need x amount of players plus players we develop because in the worst case with the players that develop we'll sell them on like we did with Solanke like we did with other players Origi and stuff like that when their time with the club came to an end and we still made 15 20 million out of this is this is uh, as squad building goes the fact that we're into a second phase of Klopp land right in terms of a team this is the best we've ever seen it since the 80s. Don't kid yourself. There's no point getting upset about a result that, that went on at the weekend. That was We won. The elation I had when we won 4-3. So that to me is the most. It's annoying, but this is the type of upset that United fans had for the best part of 20 years. And we looked on going, how can they be, how can they be annoyed about anything? Like, how can they be annoyed about this? I'm looking at going, dear God, We've got this mentality back that I thought was going to take four to five years to get back into the squad if possible. And it's there. And these are made with, with, a, with a, a massive amount of players that weren't even part of the first run. Look, we've got, we've got Matip and we've got Van Dijk and we've got Alisson, right? And we've got Salah. After that, you look across the board and that team is infused with new players who suddenly have the mentality that you need to succeed. And to me, to your, to your broader point about building a squad over 70 games, the impact of mentality, I think, is completely underrated in terms of what that has. Yeah, that I have to admit, I mean, Schlobos I've never seen a young flit as single-minded. As, you know, he's like a 28-year-old. It's actually bizarre. Yeah, but I think, I think yeah. when you're looking into all this, like you know, you could definitely sit down over a point and have an argument over: Do you like this player? Do you like that Just player? Do you, you know, right? No, but I'm not saying. Well, minus the points, but you know, <laughs> you could you could definitely say, "Do I like this fella? Do you like that?" And you get people that love a player, and some you know, some players. Nah, I'm not mad on him. But when you look at the profile of the player we have, like I don't think that there's definitely players that are there. We are thinking. He's back up, he's in, he might get the odd game here. But actually, when you look at it, there's an awful lot of players in that squad that consider themselves should be in the starting eleven. Like if you went to, if you go through that front five, right? Salah, Jota, Diaz, Nunes, Gakbo, all expect to start every week. Mm. If you ask them, they all expect. If you go into midfield, right? Endo, maybe not, right? But I I'd say Harvey Elliott thinks you should start every week, right? He should, yeah. Jones, definitely, right? Thiago is a, a, you know, what's the point in talking about him at the minute because he's not there, right? But by Chetage, maybe not, but he's being nursed back very slowly to where you want him to be. But then when you yeah. look at McAllister, um, Jones, Elliott, Gravenberch, um, I'm, I'm missing, missing one or two there. They all want to play. They all feel they can play every week, right? Centre-back, Bar Kwanzaa, I think the other 14, they should all play every week. 
Trent's on his own at right back, and I think that's a valid argument. And at left back, I think Simakas knows he's back up, right? So the actual the actual outlook of these players, there's very few there where you go, he's probably sitting there going, ah, look, I'm just one of the lads, and I fucking play the odd game. I think they all believe that they should be starting for Liverpool. And that's a good thing for Liverpool. And it's actually a really good on the, the manager and the coaching staff where they have players, possibly 22-plus players, where they all, a, a big amount of them, 17, 18, think they should actually play every week. And there's only 11 and whatever it is, eight subs or nine subs. And there's some of them being left out. But there's no disharmony. You know what I mean? No. You can argue over the quality, but I think the outlook and the profile, like if you go through... If you go through sports, if you go through even uh, even Arsenal, I'd argue even Arsenal. I'd say Arsenal, a lot of players there look oh, look them fourteen are nailed on. Like yeah. if he had to every week play eleven and use three subs, they're the fourteen he's using. You know what I mean? Manchester United, I think it's a bad way to look at things because they're just appalling for me. Um, their attitude, the players. No, I know. Two lads that he wanted to get rid of the McTominay and Maguire. Um, are the ones that are, I know it's, they're the shit show, but they're the ones that are kind of, I don't know, you know, keeping them afloat, especially McTominay. Jesus Christ, why would anybody want to get rid of him? Yeah, you know? like, I'm just, look, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm, I'm not arguing the point that you can't build a squan, stronger squad, right? Mm. I'm sure if, if, I'm sure we'd love to, you probably like a midfielder or a forward out there that's better than fellas at start, but that's just, that's just life. Do you know what I mean? That's just how football is. But what I'm saying, two things on it. One, to find players that are better after that drop-off, as you put it, that are willing mm. to sit on the bench is hard, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. and I get that. And even if, you, even if you want to bring in a brilliant goalkeeper and a brilliant left-back, right, <laughs> you're going to spend a fucking lot, an awful lot of fucking money on it. And you can't just want to go spend it all over there. And by the way, we're going to go over here and give all these lads that are great new contracts and all. You just can't do it. It's just not possible unless... You're fucking cooking the book somewhere. That's that's just my opinion on it. That's how it's, it's been done. Do you know what? It's a, it, it, yeah, it was a good. I like that topic. <laughs> good stuff. Um, well, Gav, taking on from that topic, I think it's worth having your bit because we never got to the point that one top which was 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 equating squad depth and and strength across the league to lead into. Is it a tight league or is our minds playing tricks on us? Um, given about match day 14 so it's like uh, yeah. if you look at the table at the moment you've got Arsenal ourselves, City, Villa Tottenham uh, Newcastle, Manchester United something like that it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's very, of, very close to that yeah, um, in terms yeah of no, look I think we've seen brilliant title races between Liverpool and City um, two in particular that boat went down to the last day, right? Um, we've seen one where Liverpool have, and this going back to the last five years, um, we've seen one where Liverpool just took off and no one was stopping them. Um, and we seen one last year where I was rooting for Arsenal. I was absolutely rooting for them. But they got about 30-ish games in and you could see that lack of squad depth and a bit of know-how, I suppose, kind of done them, right? Um, and... You can argue have Arsenal done enough. You can argue with, like Liverpool have made changes. Are Liverpool at their best, but they're still second place. City usually does a procession um, from Christmas onwards where they just, you know, batten down the hatches and go and go and go. And it kind of got me thinking, and it was kind of more, probably a question to you to the people in the chat. It was more like, is this a really tight league? 
and toil race or are we just is that just in our heads until the actual true thing comes to fruition where you know everyone's just sitting there mid-January and all the pundits never going to ask you'll just win this now you know the sort of way I'm of the opinion it is a tight league I am of the opinion I think it's going to be a very tight title race for a number of reasons right I think it would have been easy for Arsenal to kind of drop off this season right because <clears throat> I think they've made good signings but I don't think they've I don't think those good signings have been on top of c- cementing a squad I think they've they, they look about the same to me Right, maybe a bit more quality, and they can depend on a few players. Martin Trossard's been a great sign of him, you know. And but I think the year they had last year will stand to them. I think Liverpool have muscle memory in this, a lot of them, as to when we get in this position, this is what we do, and this mm-hmm. is how we kind of, you know, circle the wagons and we go for it. And then I look at City, and I think City can absolutely turn around and win 10, 12, 15 on the bounce. That's what City do. But the science for me with City is, is that sometimes they feel like it's too easy. And yesterday should have been easy against that sports team, and it wasn't. And they kind of switch off and look a bit, are they mentally fatigued? Do they feel like they've done it all now, winning, uh, winning that treble last year? And I think all those elements right now, and could be proven massively wrong if City turn it on or, or Arsenal drop off like last season. Or Liverpool just find that they've hit a bit of a ceiling with this team and they need an, an extra six months or a year before they can break through that again. But right now, I think it's it's a really, really tight title race. And I'm probably I'm probably asking the question because people when I say it to people, like I joke, you know, this is a procession to the title for Liverpool now after that win yesterday. Um, and people kind of go, no, can't say it. You know, and don't get me wrong, I speak to Shawnee about it, and Shawnee goes, Gav, I think it's top four. I'm not writing this off, but I think more realistic is top four. I'm fine with that opinion. But I do get people going, are you mad? Liverpool, are you joking me? They're fucking this, they're fucking that. And I'm kind of going, yeah, but of the body of evidence so far, what we're seeing, it's not... It's not like Liverpool are a flash in the pan and City have just dropped to their knees. I think City have come back a little bit and Liverpool have risen a little bit and that's all it really takes. So that's where I am on the title race. Is it tight? Is it a real title race? Will it continue to be a real title race? Or are we going to be sitting here in two months' time going, them pricks are fucking 12 points clear. You know the sort of way. So I don't know. What do you think? And I'll have a look at the chat. Peter, what do you think on this one? And ha- don't have me, don't have me tell you you're talking shit again, because that's not, you can only get that once in a night. Well, Gavin right? Walsh, Gavin Walsh feels when City get Kevin De Bruyne back, uh, they'll take off and nobody will come near them. That's his. his that, if, that's, they, that's, if they have to do, they have to do more than that. They have to learn how to defend. Manchester City have forgotten how to defend. Um, I think Portel, um, our friend in, in the middle of the park, who they think is their best player. Probably has been our best player. He's completely overloaded. Listen, Erling Haaland is a fantastic finisher, but I, I said when they signed him that you lose something going the other way when you sign somebody like, like that that's out now. And don't get me wrong, he drops off now and he, he links it up very, very well. He's, you know, in, he was the thing he was moaning at the end was he was 10 yards in his own, he's getting fell 10 yards in his own half, magnificently holding it up to spin and put Grealish in. So fair enough. But I still think with him being so out now, they kind of lose a little bit. They miss as well um, the little German fella that's gone off to Barcelona. He's that he's not nicking things in the last minute. I mean, Manchester City last couple of seasons would be one or two all or nil all with somebody. 
and he would pop up and do <coughs> magical stuff. So they're missing an awful lot, and they can't defend this year. Um, us, listen, again, it's, if we can cut out the silly errors, and I mean, we, we, we drew with Luton. You know, we, we, we do, again, the usual with Liverpool, it's, it's the games against the fodder. I'm nervous going into the Sheffield United game on Wednesday, and we should put seven past him. We literally should. But you know, you know, you're shrugging your shoulders. You'd rather play Chelsea, you know, than play them. I think, I, I think it's, we should expect, we should more, expect more than, than top, top four. We're in an unexpected title race. But yeah, we are in it. We are in it. We just need to get our act together. I mean, midfield has been a big surprise for me. Goals are coming from midfield. Salah's doing what Salah always does. And Luis Diaz, you know, considering what he's gone through, has been absolutely brilliant. If we can just get the, the, the tall fella with the long hair up front to hit the target a little bit more. and So we can put the... We need him to help us to put the rubbish out, to be honest with you. Missing chances against the fodder is a problem. You know, City can't defend. We need to take advantage. Phil, can I ask something before you you jump in and give you a bit? Um, yeah. Like, we know where Liverpool are, right? We know what they've done with midfield. We know up front... You know, Diaz hasn't had the best of starts of the season, but... I'm okay, I'm okay with that. Not that I'm okay with it, but I kind of look and I go, listen, he had a very fucking bad injury last season. He came back at the back end of last season. He comes into this season. He's okay. The whole thing with his dad goes on, you know, um, but he scored a couple of big goals. So it's the one away at Luton um, is one. Um, and, you know, he's kind of been in and out of the side. But when you look at, when you look at like Arsenal and you look at City, do you see enough holes in them for Liverpool to be in an absolute title race? Or do you think there's holes in Liverpool as well and we probably have more than them? See, this is going to your broad... Like, I wanted to address your broader point. Is it, is it, like, is, is it mad tight or is it too... Is I, like, for me, it's way too early. We're not even halfway through the season. And the biggest impact on a season in England is Christmas. This run of games. And it's not the games against United, Arsenal and Newcastle that matter. It's the games against... Sheffield United, Crystal Palace, West Ham, that count. Do you know what I mean? Like the, mm-hmm. the games against teams that are going to be in contention for top four, top five, generally even themselves out over the course of the season. But it's those games in between where you need to maximise your point haul. So you have to beat the Crystal Palace. You have to beat West Ham. You have to beat Sheffield United. You can't afford to drop those points because they're the points that keep you ticking over. So if you drop two points in a draw with Arsenal, for argument's sake, a bad, bad result in Anfield, we drop two points against Arsenal, right? Um, or you get beat. The impact is lessened, but it's, 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 it's either lessened or it's exacerbated if you then go and drop points against the team that you should be beating. And I think our fatal flaw as it stands at the moment, Gav, is our away form against teams that are outside the top half of the table. Right? I think that is the fatal flaw that still exists in this team. There's still a... It doesn't have the controlled rootlessness that the league-winning team had, right? It doesn't have that controlled rootlessness that existed even the season before we won the league. It has that mad frenetic energy we had the season before the season we came runners up the city. Does that make sense? So it's like yeah. it's it's it, it they'll either tonk you or they'll tonk themselves. And yeah. it's it's one or the other. And you can have both in the same match, which is what we've seen with Newcastle with the Newcastle game, what we've seen we've just seen with the Fulham game. Like they should have been out of sight, out of mind. 
and then they 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 committed um, self harm in terms of conceding the goals and then going three two behind, and then they had to do something superhuman to pull themselves out. But they're capable of doing it. So I don't know. You'd need to come back and ask me in this January as to whether I think there's a real title race. And I said to even last season, I didn't think there was a real title race last season. I said this from the outset, right? The teams that have a title race, it doesn't start until March because it's only when the real pressure comes on where you can't afford to drop a single point. At this moment in time, you have a draw or a loss, you can make up the difference. You still have games against the teams that are in front of you to reclaim those points. When you get to March and you've less, you're past your halfway point in the season, there's only a third of the season left, and you have to win every single game, as we know, from there to the end of the season and not drop any points. That's the race. And whatever's left at that point is the important bit because you've, you, you're likely got your European games as well that you're trying to fit in in between. Then the midweekers come in and then you're catching up with, with, with what's going on. And that's where the true test of the squad depth and the mentality kicks in. And I still think, I think Arsenal have learned a lot last year, but I don't know if they're equipped when it gets to that level of mental pressure to stay in the race because they failed. They should not have lost the league last year. I will. Mm. I, I, I actually think one of the biggest factors in this league this year, right, will fall on Liverpool's two games against Arsenal. Mm. And I think if Arsenal come to Anfield on whatever day, 23rd, I think it is, of December, and get beaten, it's just uh, Arsenal get beaten at Anfield, right? Um, even were they beaten at Anfield last year? I think they might have been. Um, you know, and then we go to them in January or early early February, I think. Twice, yeah. We well, the, the, FA the, Cup, the FA Cup, you know, forget that for a minute. But I think, I think those two games are massive because if Liverpool go and win those two games, right, or come out with a positive amount of points against Arsenal, I think everyone looks and goes, "Fuck, these are in, these are in it." But if Arsenal come out with a positive amount of points, i.e. four points from those two games, a point at you know, a point at Anfield and three at the Emirates, people will go literally they're literally breaking, I think, what's their biggest two do at the moment. Mm. And it's playing Liverpool, especially at Anfield. And I think those two sorry, two two at Anfield last year, you're right, Emma. Um I think I, I just feel like those two games are huge. I think it'll show if Liverpool are really in this or it'll show of Arsenal have taken that step since last year and have mentally, mentally been able to step up because when they turn up at Anfield, um, they were two 0 up at Anfield last year. They're reminding me now in the chat, um, and we drew we drew two all with them. When they turn up at Anfield, they're usually all over the place. So I think those two games, especially one being late December, I think the other one's late January. There's not too much between the two games. I think it'll go a long way to show them if this actual title race is real. Because if they go and draw with each other twice, City could pull away. If one of them gets four or six points, they're banging it. They're absolutely yeah. banging it. And my, I'm not like I keep going back to it. We could be sitting here in six, eight weeks' time, and that'll be another ten Premier League games. We'll be twenty-five in, and you'll be going to thirteen left here in City. You're nine clear. It's mm. forget it. But. I don't think it will be. I don't think it will be. I think the away form against those teams in the bottom half um, isn't good enough. And I think it's mainly down to Liverpool feeling like they can show up and win games. 
whereas they need to go out and prove they can win games. Yeah, and it's not yeah. it's not like we don't have loads of the ball. It's not like we don't have loads of chances. We just need to switch off and go into this, I keep saying it, dropping into this gear that we can never get back out of in these games. And if, I think, and this is why I said yesterday was huge. Yesterday's win was brilliant to get the three points when and then City draw. But it's also a way of showing, listen, that's a team in 13, 14 position at home. Yeah. And this is what happened to you. Now, it will be more difficult away. And the reason Fulham are in that game, you see, is because Liverpool don't feel like playing. Liverpool feel like, oh, we're one up, we win this game. Liverpool need to yeah. get that out of them. And the way to get it out of them is, is if they're looking at that at seven o'clock last night going, they fucking dropped more points. They've mm-hmm. dropped more points. Do you know what I mean? And yep. that's where I think yesterday is huge. Not only winning the game, but maybe focusing the players to say, listen, you need to go out and you need to put, you need to put 15 to 20% more into this for a longer period of time against certain teams. And you can get your 3-0 after an hour and we can change it around and you can do whatever you like but that's what's killing Liverpool at the minute they're not getting the three nils finishing's a problem Gav finishing's a problem listen I like Nunes I do but it's I, 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 I don't know Phil what you think at times it's almost you know it's it's a, it's a problem I think it's a problem I mean he does all the right things gets into the right positions and it's kill, it's hor- it's hurts at Fulham was it was a I and a few people mentioned the chat. I it really drew me down because that was a, a template game. You get out, you get it right both ends. It really drew me down to the point where you're going. It's predictable. A mis- mistake or two at one end, then way we're finishing at the other. <coughs> I mean, come on, be professional like, about it. I, I, okay, so I, I'm I'm a lot more. I'm still on the doubting side when it comes to Nunes. I think he has tremendous assets. I think he's great to watch. I don't know if he's ever going to be the quality that matches up with those flashes of brilliance that you have on a consistent oh, basis. And, and, and that's absolutely fine. And I think, Gav, it, it could be easy to be on either side of this fence. Do you know what I mean? Um, I'm, I'm a prove it, man. I, I like, and like I'm a big fan of Gakpo. And the reason why I'm a big fan of Gakpo is he's the type of player that never seems to be doing much, but always doing something, right? And it's like it's, and if I just, you'd wish you could put that clinicality into Nunez's boots that Gakpo mm-hmm. has, because he's he's just he's you know does does do you know what it is? It's the lack of calmness in Nunez that makes me think that he can't get there. I said this last time. He needs he needs a couple of strikers goals that he taps in at the far post. That's what he needs. He needs a couple of six yards. Tap-ins, um, Even or, that, or balls I, flashed I, across the box, and he just converts them. That's what see, he needs. For me, for me though, that's consi- it's not about even that. It's about the consistency. He's the type that could do that, and then would score four goals for you, right, over the next three games, and then he'd kick a pigeon instead of kicking the ball, right, and he wouldn't score again for the next fifteen games. And this is not a slight him. Just, just for me, it's just, it's that inconsistency but what yeah. i think what i think i think what benefits him greatly is particularly because we've seen this with other strikers and fans haven't haven't been patient with them i think the patience is there because because he's such a rogue right because he has that i think the hard walk he, i think is is, is he's an athlete yeah. i mean it's like an he's olympic athlete. really hard phil it's, it's not like it's, he's no, standing no, the, around the box and it's not happening for him no no that, gav that's but that's that's what i'm saying if he didn't have the walk rate that he had and we've seen strikers with lots of hard work rate that that didn't happen for them and we weren't as patient we have the patience with him because he has 
the flashes that makes you think he is going to be brilliant, right? Um, but as and to take it to my other true passion, which is American football, um, I've seen this, seen players flash loads of times, but the consistency doesn't always come through. I hope it does. I genuinely hope it does. I want to see him succeed. I think it would be phenomenal if he does succeed with that level of consistency that bangs you because he if he if he achieves the consistency that he could and i'm not talking about i'm talking about maybe a 20 to 30 percent increase in consistency in terms of scoring right he's going to be putting in 25 30 goals a season like this is it's there's such small margins between him being looked at as being a phenomenal striker he, like he may he may, he may have been he, he may end up sorry with that chance to nail his colours to the to the mass really when it when it comes into the new year and the AFCON comes in and I think Salah potentially misses two or three league games. Um now, you know, I've I've seen people list what possibly what those games are and I think a few of them are quite big. Um yeah. and possibly an FA Cup the FA Cup game with Arsenal. But I think That's Salah has at times played an FA Cup and then went off with Egypt for AFCON but listen league games are more important to you always are. Um but Look, I'm I'm I suppose I am an optimist when it comes to Liverpool. And I just if City were the City of last year, I'd be saying to myself, nah, listen, we've done an awful lot to progress here. We've we've had a summer where we've had to react on some on some levels to, to what's gone on. I think we've reacted really well. I think the players that have come in have been really good, but it takes a little bit more to get to where you want to be, i.e. a title challenge. But when I look around us, I'm not seeing right now the city of last year. I'm not seeing mm-hmm. an Arsenal that may have learned but are not really kicking on. You know, now they've only dropped nine points this season, Arsenal. Right? We've dropped 11, City have now dropped 12, right? And Arsenal's start to this season, I would say, is fairly similar to last's. But it's still not getting them to pull away from people. Do you get me? So that's why I'm I'm optimistic on it. I won't. I won't give up on it. Um, but I think. I think you, probably to finish it off. I think you're bang on. When you come out on the fourth of January and you see where you are, it's a really good parameter as to where you're going to end up because it shows. And and you need a bit of luck. Suspensions, injuries, and and if the ref fucking has his eyes open for all the game and stuff like that. But I think it's a really good parameter. But right now, I think it is a real tight race. I think it is really tight, and I think Liverpool are in it despite the faults as much as anybody else, because I think the amount of faults in teams has grown um, at the top end, rather than teams mm-hmm. reducing those faults. And that's where I am, right? I actually think the league is incredibly shite. From from about eight down, it's awful. It's absolute melodion, right? And I think you've got a group of three teams at the moment who are playing probably at a different level with a different mentality to the rest. You've got a couple, you've got another three teams that have the ability to challenge for that top four spot then you have some sleeping dinosaurs who who are are lost at this moment in time in terms of what's going on and after that then it's how those team those three teams at the top can maximize their point haul on the teams from seventh down basically right whoever i think gav i think whoever if we could maximize our ability to win away from home against shy teams we will be in a title race if we don't and that doesn't matter and that's regardless of and this the week games show it. Sheffield yep. United away Palace away 
you need to go and take six points. Yep. Take, take six out, points. Take out the trash. Whoever takes out the trash best, you know, you get what you deserve. I agree with Phil. In my head, in my head, it's get to March. Mm. If you're on 60 points at the start of March, you're, you've got a shot. Genuinely, and that's what it's, it's 40 points from here to, to the start of March. Get the get your 61 at that stage, and you've got a shot at the league. You're not thinking about top four and stuff like that because you know you know you're, you're going to be doing things. Okay, um, the like it's 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 10 past 11. I've got loads of topics, I've never even got to my topic because Pete annoyed me so much in the first one. Um, <laughs> Go on, throw, just, them out, throw, throw them out as I mean, have a quick yap about it. No, because I'm, I'm going to keep two of them, Gav, because I think they're no, worth having. They, they don't want to. No, fuck off. They aren't, international, they aren't international football ones, and it'll save me having to think of them next week um, okay, because I, I can just keep them in terms of what's there. But the one I want to cover before we go is um, it's, it's one that's been in my head and it's really stood out because as a man of fashion, right, um, it's been noticeable that Trent has suddenly been able to score goals again because since he switched to what is looks like the best pair of football boots produced by any Ever. football maker in the last 25 I'm years. Totally right? been used by all this. Go on. They're only right. 300 euro. <laughs> Whether it's 300 euro or not, as a man who, who, was, who was addicted to Predator Mania back in uh, the time when they came out, and that's how old I am, when I was, and that's when I was back playing, um, seeing this Great style guns. of boot back again is not only nostalgic, it's immense. And it also proves that the Predators are real once they're made as proper Predators. Not like those things that they've been making for donkeys, right? <coughs> but is there nothing more magical than seeing the wife strike? It, it took me back to Del Piero. It took me back to, to Beckham. And he's striking the ball at like a peak Beckham is, right? It's like, look at those free kicks. So I want to yeah, put the topic, I want to put it to use that if anything, Trent should not be allowed to wear another type of boot for the rest of his career at Liverpool football. Yeah, that's it. It's done deal. Yeah, but, but hold on a bit, right? Now, it's the boots, Gav. Yeah, I know that's it's the boots. And like, <laughs> I, I've, I've seen, I've seen like, you know, endless amount of middle-aged men going, oh, the boots, lads. You know what I mean? Like, I think they're going to yep. buy them and just run out on the field across the road just to say they have oh, yeah. them. Right? It's a mad scene, right? But if that's what you're into, that's what you're into. Like, honestly, like, and then people like are thinking like, You'd swear Trent was Christy fucking Brown before he put these predators on, right? <laughs> the way people are carrying on, right? You'd swear he was fucking boxy, right? And you're there going, hey, do you know what, Trent? You are bleeding deadly in my left foot. But here, here's a pair of predators. Put them on you. And he's up. Do you know what he's like? He's like fucking. Do you remember? Do you know what it's like? It's like. Uh, do you remember in, um, in uh, what was it? Uh, the Willy Wonka, where the, yeah. the granddad's in the bed. And then he's yeah. in bits, right? This is what yeah. trends like. He's in bits, right? And then they Gets go, the I'm about to get tickets to go. And the dad jumps, Bam. the granddad jumps out of the bed and he's fucking, you know, he's like Michael Flatley, right? Because that's, that's what Trent's like. Like people think Trent just couldn't kick snow out of a rope until they gave him a pair of predators. The cunt is sticking free couldn't. kicks and passes all over the couldn't. planet. And then they go, Stephanie the Preds, lads. No, Stephanie the Preds. Right. And there's fellas the there now. There's fellas there now, forties, fifties, I'd even argue, right? And going. You know what? I think I'll actually just buy a pair and I'll just wear them down the field with me young flay. Like that, they're knocking for their grandkids and all now. They don't even like their grandkids, but they're oh. knocking for them now to go, here, do you fancy game of ball? Because your nanny bought yeah. me a new pair of predators. Ping. It's absolutely off the Ping the ball. Rant. Ping the ball. You're just, just down the football pitch and pinging those passes across. <coughs> the well, it just goes to show you that everyone does get taken in. Like, everyone gets taken in. Don't get me wrong. Beautiful boots. It's more aesthetic. I always thought with predators, they're beautiful to look at. Oh, Madge, no. Apple rec- Madge Apple says 26 million. He'll be wearing those for the rest of his life. Is that the contract yeah. he's got? Yeah. He Do you know what? 
it's it's yeah. it's and but it's it's but the pre- fairness, he should be paying penny because everyone in the world wants a pair of these white predators now. Yeah. yeah, it's like last year. Last year, right? You couldn't get a bottle of prime for love that money, right? They were going <laughs> for fifty quid each, right? And now you get out the little now next week to be queued outside for trans predators, and we only got <laughs> eight pairs there. The rest will be just Kimberly biscuits, but eight pairs of predators in little next week. You could remember they were battering each other last year for pallets of prime. <laughs> it was fucking mad. Yeah. There was people on Twitter <laughs> going. Uh, my son's at the piping up there and he says he wants a bottle of Prime off Santi. Does anyone know where I can get a bottle? Will you? Fuck off. It's a bottle of white lemonade. <laughs> Just fucking find an empty bottle of Prime, pour out Lucas Aid into it and give it to him. He hasn't got a clue. Yeah. Like, hasn't a clue. Hasn't a clue. You can put anything into it, right? You can Look, Emma, Cavanagh, it. Emma Cavanagh there says, Gav's having yeah. a clout dig at me for my new pitch marking predators. Like, this prick Emma, right? He's gonna actually go out and buy these predators and mark pictures with it. He's gonna sit on a fucking tractor and cut grass and go look at me preds. He's gonna start taking pictures onto the Instagram and Emma, and not following on from his forklift lawyers from last um, week. Now he's fucking marking pictures with a pair of his predators yeah. on. I just, well, I just think I, it's great. I, all I want Fair to say is everyone. that the oh, fact that he's, he has to wear, I don't change the design. There's a few things. You see the new, the new Liverpool Nike jersey design for next year, which is the same as no. the one we won when we won the league, right? Like seriously. Some things you don't need to change. This idea mm. that you have to keep changing and making things different, it doesn't. You can make things better, but you don't have to visually make them look different. Think yeah. of the Volkswagen Beetle, right? It's brilliant. Knocked around for the best part of 40 years. Adidas Copa Mundial football boots. They've never Copa Mundial, Copa Mundial's World Cups, Puma Kings, and Adidas Predator Manias. Keep making them. Because <laughs> as long as you make them, there's going to be a market for them because they're so good. You just don't 100%. do it, right? For like, to, Are Puma fair, Kings I'm, still going? Like, Puma Kings yeah, yeah. Still going? They yeah. won't Demo, Demo's still wearing Puma Kings around the house, he is. But it's like, but you know what? Do you know what I find then? I'm, I'm finding like, um, I'm finding like football boot snobbery then. You know, people go, oh, maybe a man here, he wore a Theodore. If he had worn those preds, he would have fucking won the Ballon d'Or. Like, John Barnes wore a Theodore. Yeah, he was, he was the first one to get you a big mean? day. And mm-hmm. there's a bit of a snobbery going on now. Um, I'll, I'll give you a better one. But listen, I, yeah, I, I, listen, when first I get out when I, listen, when I get out foreign boots now, that weren't, that weren't Gola, right? The first pair of foreign boots that weren't Gola, pair of Patrick. Because Jan Mulby used to wear them, right? Correct. Yeah, remember that piece? Sort of the Loudrups did. The Loudrups did as well. But do you know what I'm, yeah. I'm expecting now, right? This is how far it's gone now. When I go down to Fingless on Christmas morning, I usually pull off the motorway into Fingless and there's scramble our bikes and bleeding quads everywhere, right? There's kids fucking going everywhere on them, right? I fully expect no quads at Christmas. It's just going to be a load of middle-aged helpless standing by the shops up at the top church there with their preds on. With talking on, to each other. With That's on. all I expect now this Christmas. And if I don't say I'm going to be upset. <laughs> going to mass yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> up to mass with that new jeans and that predators on it'll sound like an army walking up the bleeding oil to get fucking mass with, with the studs clunking honest to god lads body of Christ tongues on that boot before go up to body of Christ and when the, when oh, the collection okay. box comes around be like but you fuck off you're not getting on these are 300 quid <laughs> yeah. why are you having a bleeding yeah. shilling left out of them um, do you take do you take do you take Oh, stop. God. It's a fucking... Tap, sending around, sending around the old sum up... Uh, the, the, the but Trent, Trent's going to make... Trent's tap. making a fortune out of it and Adidas is going to make a fortune out of it. See that young play? Every penny he earns he deserves. Fair play. Do you know what? Because every week he, he, he just... <laughs> 
I mean, he just gets absolutely slandered up there. The younger just keeps getting on. I, I love the attitude of him. I think he's great. If we had 11 like him, I'd be like, 11 pairs of <laughs> Chris Brax is the priest just there in his Volleying the body of Christ down the back yeah. end of the church on a smear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the older boys come out and all you hear is the fucking click clock going across the top of the, the older <laughs> anyway, boys. They're off, off to play a match afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, not allowed have, I don't think you're allowed to have Anyway, look, I'm only, I'm only messing. Look, the, the boots, the uh, boots are whopper. Um, Trent was shy until he got them, and now he has them, and he's just a bit. <laughs> he, he can defend. He can play. He can defend. He can play midfield. He's also yeah. playing as a striker, scoring goals left, right, and centre, yeah. right. And yeah. he's he looks like he look. He can bend the better than Beckham ever it's did. It's like leading right or overs. It's like it's like you just Billy's boots. No, no, you've got to run. It's Billy's. It's Billy's, Billy's boots. boots. It was in Roy the Rovers. Billy's boots. Correct. Yeah, Billy's boots. Yeah. So there so, you go. It's it's absolutely he, fantastic. He got a yeah. pair of David Beckham's <laughs> Predators from from two thousand and seven, right? And it has his power in it. That's exactly what's happened. They're not yeah. new boots at all. They're David it's, Beckham's um, boots. I agree. It's it's, uh, it's fantastic <laughs> right. stuff. But it's the best marketing thing ever. I've never seen a reaction to a fella wearing a pair of boots in all my life. Honestly, honestly, no. you know what I mean. Best like, ever. It's just he just literally. Stuck these boots on one day, said nothing, brought it with an ad then on the Monday, and everyone's yep. like, This is the best thing ever. Yeah. But, um, best thing ever, uh, yeah. right? So listen, come are. here to me. I'm gonna keep my couple on. of real topics until next week, right? In terms you of you nearly said it, you nearly said, Come here to me, I'll see it. I'll talk to you later. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> we, we always do that, don't we? Come here to me, go on, I'll talk to you. Yeah, go on, I'll talk to you later. On. Uh, right, so that's been the show, that's been the talking cop of a Monday night. Um, I hope you've enjoyed our talking shite around Creeping Keller not being good enough. Um, <laughs> is, is it a real title race? Or not? Of course, <laughs> the most important part of the chat is the fact that. Trent Alexander-Arnold is wearing a pair of David Beckham's boots and that's why he can bend it better than he ever did before and he scored loads of goals and he got 26 million for it. It's the best ever, right? And long may it continue. In fact, he should, he should buy, should go out and see if he can get a pair for Nunes. Bang. Not a problem. But Nunes, we have a quarter from all types of I'd angles. I'd say Oman Karen Knightley's fuming. She hasn't got in on this. That's all I'm going to say. I'd say she's fucking fuming. Lads on the orthopedic ward after any replacements when showing new predators dreaming of what will be. That's the sports surgery clinic on January the second in Dublin. <laughs> There's a queue coming out the door, lads. We're Everyone's gonna the have them. Off. I'm telling you, there'll be fellas down there, right? And they'd put up the nets. They put up the nets for that team, and they'd be down there. You know, they'd put up the nets and they just watch the match then, take the corner flags and the nets and put them back in the in the in the lockup, and they'll be wearing. Them. You never don't kick a ball. They'll just be wearing it. Just to close it out tonight, and, and thanks for all the comments and, and it has been great. But uh, there's Darren. It's like Christy Brown turned into Michael Flatley. <laughs> yes, that's what he said. That's what it is. Honestly, fucking unbelievable. It's amazing. It's immense. Right, that's been the show. That's been Gav. That's been Pete. That's been myself, Phil. Um, we've got loads of show coming up during the week. Um, stay loads. tuned. Keep going. And also do the subscribing thing and and do the, the thing, thing with the free with the stuff the member thing the member mm. be a member be a member show us your member be a member show us that you are a member the whole lot don't ever forget and always remember to be a member so that's the most important anyone thing that's Join a, anyone up. that's a member on january the 4th i'm gonna give them a pair of boots i'm gonna give them <laughs> I'm gonna give, you know that you know the special you know the special like icon you can have beside your name you are getting the predators yeah. on it that's what i'm gonna do well, gav do you know what we're gonna do we're gonna go on to timu 
and buy 10,000 pairs of Redditors, right? Redditors, yeah. <laughs> for about eight quid. And then we're just going to buy a load quid. of... Do you know what we're going to do? We're going to go into Woody's Den. You know the stick-on letters you can get for your wheelie yeah. bin? We're going to get really small ones for the pig. And we're just going to sit there all Christmas just putting them on. And then we'll be up in the markets. We'll be up in, we'll be up in Fairly House Market on the second week of Jan. Pair of P Redditors for uh, just 30 euro. I, I might bring on my DVDs with me as well, get rid of them. Kill two so, so now, so now on the first night. Do you know there's not where you can sell DVDs anymore? It's mad. Anyway. Oh, God. I have so right, much to say. It. I'll keep it tomorrow that's morning. Show. Tune in tomorrow, 10 a.m. All this, I have loads yeah. to say about loads. 10 a.m. Can't wait yeah. to hear about the Predators tomorrow. Just do a week of Predators. That's all we need to talk about. He was shy at Diddy Bob. Yeah, he was. He was yeah, Pete, had you come on wearing a pair of Predators, you could have said anything you wanted. Your points would have been salient. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Now what are you saying, Phil? Yeah. Oh, perfect. Now, what are, you saying? Now what are you saying? Wow. Wow. <laughs> Wearing espadrille slippers, get out. <laughs> oh, slippers. Come on, come on out of here. Right, we're gone. <coughs> Good night. Good rest. See you all next week. <laughs>